It's the River City Podcast Federation. Hello and welcome to Afternoonified, the podcast that pairs well with a nice Chianti. I'm Ryan. And I'm Emily. Please don't touch yourself during this podcast. Thank you. Um, uh, so, uh, don't touch yourself during this podcast. Or any of, or any podcast. That would be a weird thing to do, but at the same time, I feel like I'd have to be flattered if it turned out someone was touching themselves to my voice. Uh, right? I, I guess. I feel like that's the highest form of flattery. To be so turned on by you without even having to look at you. I mean, if you... No, never mind. Um, looking at me kills it. Oh, that did come out rude, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Whoopsies. Uh-oh. Anyways. Uh, so, today we're going to be doing a topic that I think we discussed in the Nazi episode. Uh, something that Ryan wanted to hear about. Um, yes. So how I want to know how cereal and masturbation are linked and Emily pulled through. Well, the first thing you need to know about cereal is that it exists because some old guy back in the day thought that flavor made you horny. And another guy was obsessed with shoving people so full of fiber that like, so they would poop. Um, So your frosted flakes are tainted. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I'm already like mind blown and we're only like two sentences in. Wait until I tell you about the movie I watched for this. Yeah, I was a little curious about that. So we're gonna do, uh, where did cereal come from, or at least cereal as we know it today? Um, like oatmeal and stuff has been around for a really long time, and it's not that interesting. No, it's oatmeal. It is oatmeal. Mm-hmm. So the most basic of all breakfast foods. Uh, to get to cereal, we have to start with another snack. Um, which is why I'm going to tell you about the birth of the graham cracker. <laughs> you make this sound way more interesting than I think anyone is expecting this to be. Just but you've got my light. attention. Yeah. So in 1837, Reverend Sylvester Graham published a book titled A Treatise on Bread and Bread Making. It's a very oh, interesting. That sounds book. like it sounds terrible. And with the following sentence. I'll now read a quote. From the treatise on bread and bread making. Thousands. Wait, before you do that, can you tell me what treatise means? You know, I'm not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> okay, proceed. It, it means like an explanation about bread and bread making, or how you should be making bread. Um, <laughs> if I had to take a guess. So he just called it a treatise to be a douche. Well, it was 1837. Hmm. Hmm. Good so, excuse. It began with the sentence. Thousands in civic life will, for years, and perhaps as long as they live, eat the most miserable trash that can be imagined in the form of bread. Wait, this is for real? Yeah. Has this man never had bread? I think he has, but it was old time. That is mine. It was awful. Oh, okay. Fair Uh, enough. Quote continued, and never seem to think they can possibly have anything better, nor even that it is an evil to eat such vile stuff that they do. This guy has a lot of feelings about bread. Uh, Graham was a star preacher within the temperance movement and championed a strict, meat-free diet modeled after the Bible's original vegetarians, Adam and Eve. The OG vegetarians. So, again, 1800s douchebag. Got it. Graham's diet called for consuming only plants, water, 
no alcohol, and other, quote, pure items one might find in the Garden of Eden. I don't know if that includes apples. Um, I feel like it must. I mean, (laughs) as ironic as it is. Uh, Chief among Graham's concerns was a whole grain bread made from home ground wheat, which he viewed as the cornerstone of modern impure lifestyles. Oh. So he thought that bread was too processed. Which is funny, because it's 1837. When it wasn't that processed. Well, can you imagine if he saw a slice of Wonder Bread, he'd shit his pants. Yeah, seriously. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. (laughs) Uh, His book and teachings inspired the creation of Graham flour, Graham bread, and most famously, Graham crackers. In case you're like me and didn't know what Graham flour is, uh, Graham flour is similar to whole wheat flour in that they're both made from whole grains um but graham flour is not sifted during milling and is more coarsely ground oh so can you make bread that tastes like graham crackers well no because graham crackers are flavorless um they taste like graham crackers because they have honey cinnamon and whatnots added to them so you could make bread that tastes like graham crackers is what you're saying yes um but not the way that uh sylvester graham intended Mm. Uh, Graham claimed his diet was more than a way to stay healthy. He viewed it as an imperative to stopping the moral collapse of humanity. He thought a lot of his flour. He has way too strong of feelings about bread, this guy. Um, He believed that, quote, gross and promiscuous feeding on the dead carcasses of animals, unquote, would degrade man down to the bone and marrow, rendering society odious and abominable. Oh, whoa. This guy just was... Can you imagine talking to him at a party? If this guy lived today, he would be one of those Meninist guys. That's what he would be doing. That's him. He would be an all-lives-matter Meninist. But he's super into, like, not eating meat and being, like... Yeah, do you know how annoying vegans are? It's true. He would be awful at a party. He would be the worst one. Oh, man. It, it keeps getting better. It does. Um, he believed a bad diet would not only deteriorate health, but encourage sinful sexual behavior. He noted in his 1848 text, A Lecture to Young Men on Chastity, consuming a delicious steak f- at dinner and wine would, end quote, increase the con- concupiscent excitability, concupiscent excitability of the genital organs and lead to all sorts of sexual excess. So just because this guy got turned on by steak meant that he thought everyone thought they got turned on by steak. Um, well, not just steak. Flavor. Um, he's the anti-Guy Fieri. Uh, these excesses included um, sexy thoughts, wet dreams, uh, <laughs> extramarital sex, sex within marriage but without the intention of procreation, and... and masturbation (gasps) heaven forbid literally heaven forbid so well yeah so (laughs) did this guy think that oh my god i just don't understand like is that all sex is for is that you have sex the one time just to make a baby and outside of that it's always bad why else would they give you genitals and give men the ability to shoot their load eight times a day he would give you a longer refractory period if he didn't want you fucking. I mean, I haven't spoken to God directly about this issue. He was unavailable mm-hmm. when I emailed him. Um, but yes, uh, Sylvester Graham and uh, the Grahamites, as his followers were called. You mean grandmas. Uh, and I think like the Grahamites. Grandmas. 
or grammars or grammars if you all bad things want to go that way um but they believe that yes you should only have sex if it the end result is a baby or trying to oh what's the point of living god i where did they get their kicks being punished according to graham's theories if a man woke up in the middle of the night to discover that he'd had a wet dream which incidentally was completely his fault because he ate bread uh he might experience a hemorrhage of the lungs and gushing of blood from the this mouth sounds and like nostrils. he has lung cancer not problems with wet dreams yeah uh graham was obsessed with it's keeping weird. people from masturbating He's, he spends a lot um, of time thinking about other let- people's genitals for someone who's so grossed out by genitals yeah me thinks the <laughs> Reverend doth just yeah. a little yeah. too much. His writing, A Lecture to Young Men on Chastity, returns to this topic at <laughs> at length Good God. a total of 33 times, detailing all of the consequences of, oh quote, gosh. self-pollution. Um, if, you, if you masturbate, he says that your eyes will fall back into their sockets and perhaps become red and inflamed. You may even go blind. This could all be avoided of course if one uh, adopted quote a plain simple unstimulating vegetable and water diet he thought that flavor what? made you want to this guy's so fucking crazy i like can't even wrap my brain around it like what even oh this you know what this is the guy that started that old wives tale that if you masturbate you'll grow hair on your palm this is this guy i bet you this guy came up with that um it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me especially if, because he thought if you had a wet dream like your nose would start bleeding and your eyes would fall out of your head has he never had a wet dream because uh, that doesn't it's happen. hard to say i'm thinking maybe his his pee didn't work very well yeah he was fucking bitter about it and so he made some bitter ass crackers about it <laughs> he was a bitter ass cracker. He was a bitter ass cracker. <laughs> uh, we'll get to ass crackers in a minute. What? Um, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> uh, despite his popularity, Graham never grew rich off his ideas. He never branded or sold his type of Graham flour, and he never would have approved of adding sugar and honey and cinnamon. To make them taste yeah, better, no um, which the National Biscuit Company or Nabisco, That's as we what know it it today, um, started doing. Yes, started doing in 1898. Um, he made his ideas available to everyone, and as a result, uh, the Graham diet lived on well past his death in 1851. But- um, so. Keep in mind that the treatise on bread and bread making came out in 1837. He died in 1851. So he spent over. 10 years just talking about not eating spices so you don't touch yourself what a waste what a waste of precious breath (laughs) um and so a lot of people back in that day believed that eating like bland food and um not eating meat or drinking alcohol and stuff would make you happier which i mean no not incorrect it doesn't make you more pure from a godly standpoint no, and it's one of those situations where yeah. uh, moderation, uh, because, I mean, you're not going to die if you eat meat. Actually, these people were probably severely protein deficient. Yeah, these people probably all had anemia. Um, so I told you all that about Sylvester Graham and Graham crackers. Uh, yeah. So get to this Douchebag part, Supreme. You get to this part um, because his work influenced people. And I'm going to tell you about two men. Um, 
The first being James Caleb Jackson, who is maybe the least weird person that I'm going to talk about. I don't believe you, but please proceed. Uh, So Jackson had poor health throughout his life, and uh, he saw his recovery after taking a water cure at a spa. um, What does that mean? Which means that he he soaked in like a mineral pool and he felt better. I'm not 100%. Sounds like crystal Um, healing. Yeah. As a result, he spent the second half of his life as an advocate for hydropathy. Uh, He trained to become a physician and opened a hydropathic institute um, in New York in 1847. All right. Uh, so this was during Graham's Graham's thing. Hmm. Uh, hydropathy is a very general term that can mean mineral baths, bath water jets, basically using water to fix yourself. You know what you could do with that water to fix it's- yourself? Put it in your fucking body. Drink it, bitches. Jesus. Uh, we're going to put water in some bodies. Oh, are we about hmm. to get into enemas? Please don't tell me we're talking about enemas. Not yet. Oh, Not God. Yet. Um, along with along with water cures, Jackson came to believe that diet was fundamental in improving health. Not wrong. Indeed. So over time, he removed red meat from the menu at the spa. Again, not wrong. Um, he ruled out tea, coffee, alcohol, and tobacco. So don't eat like I an guess. asshole, I guess. Um, he, he promoted a near-vegetarian diet with emphasis on fruits, vegetables, and unprocessed grains. So this is why I say he's the least weird. is because of everybody that I mentioned in this episode, he... Uh, is the one yeah i mean that's like a valid diet just just like you know somewhat paleo mostly vegetarian i mean it's it's like most health nut diets i i don't know what his stance on masturbation was so that's i don't need to know i don't know if he cared i I assume he was christian so maybe like not big on it but he didn't specifically Mm. mention masturbation so why are we talking about this man then in 1863, he developed the first breakfast cereal. Ah, gotcha. Manufactured from a dough made of graham flour, rolled into sheets, and baked. The dried sheets were then broken into pieces and baked again, and then they were broken into even smaller pieces. They then had to be soaked overnight before they were edible. He called it granula. Ew. That sounds like... Isn't that a disease? Doesn't that have something to do with, like... Isn't that what comes out of zits or something? Right. Like... Granular? Yeah, that's gotta be like a. That sounds medical. Like, <laughs> well, he was a like doctor. when you squeeze a really old pimple, and what comes out is just like inhuman. Like that's a granula, uh, something nasty, you know. It's a precursor to granola. No, no, it's literally called granula. It's a precursor. I know, to and I'm saying no. I I protest. <laughs> so that brings us to my star. Tell me, my love, the father of poops. Oh, yeah, is, is this the fiber? Is this the fiber guy? This is the fiber guy. His name was John Harvey Kellogg. <gasps> dun dun dun! <laughs> Mind blown. Yeah. We're gonna get deep into Kellogg. Oh um, God, I hope not. Unlike Sylvester Graham, uh, John Harvey Kellogg was actually a doctor. Uh, he did, however, have a lot of the same views about people touching themselves. Ugh. Sounds like another asshole. Uh, uh, here's some quotes Ooh. from Kellogg. Um, if illicit commerce of the sexes is a heinous heinous sin, Kellogg wrote, self-pollution is a crime doubly abominable. So it's worse to be alone than it so is to be sexy with others? Yep. I mean... Yep. Because I guess your business isn't going into anything. It's just going on to things. I feel like that hurts fewer people. I feel like that's probably a little safer. 
to, to quote Ben... This guy had clearly never heard of an STD. To quote Ben Kissel, it is far worse to um, make the bad pancake than it is to fuck someone. Why is it worse? I'm not a Christian. I don't know. Uh, why do they call it pancakes? I'm not sure I'm following. I'll explain it to you when you're older. Hey! <laughs> Mom! Mom, tell me! <laughs> What's a bad pancake? It's when you're alone and you jizz and it goes everywhere and it looks like pancake batter. Come on. Oh, oh my God. Oh, I was going to have pancakes for dinner. Didn't you already have pancakes for breakfast? Yeah. I had extra pancake batter. Ah! <laughs> uh, good luck. Good luck eating that now. Uh, they were. Just think about, just think about bad pancakes and menstrual cakes. <laughs> Why do you have to bring yeah. menstrual cakes into it again? Because you opened up the conversation with bad cakes. Mm -hmm. uh, did you know that in order to tell if someone was a witch, they would um, mix the lady's urine with uh, flour and stuff and then bake it and then feed it to the dog. And if the dog got sick, then the person was cursed or something. It sounds like maybe the dog got sick because you fed it a urine cake. Yeah, I think I talked about it in the Salem Witch Trials episode. Ugh. Um, so, yeah, uh, definitely abominable. Um, in plain facts for old and young, embracing the natural history and hygiene of organic life, he cataloged 39 different symptoms of a person plagued by masturbation. <sighs> plagued by masturbation. That is my new band name. Uh, including general infirmity, defective development, mood swings, fickleness, bashfulness, boldness, bad posture, stiff joints, fondness for spicy foods, acne, palpitations, and epilepsy. I must masturbate a lot. Yep. <laughs> I do like spicy foods, and I am a little shy. Yeah. I like how it was, if you're shy or bold. <laughs> this is like the psychopath test. You're always a masturbator, no matter how you take it. You're always a masturbator, the Ryan Haggerty story. I want that one on a t-shirt. I want you're always a masturbator, no matter which way you take it. Well, that reminds me. Uh, later, I need to discuss a Twitter poll with you guys. Um, oh, yes, a Twitter poll. You're not going to like it. So, I know, I anyway, saw. Kellogg never had sex with his wife, and they adopted all 42 of their children. Oh, my God. Uh, they even had... They had separate bedrooms, so, I mean, he was practicing what he preached to a certain extent. I don't know if he was touching himself. I have to assume not. I, I mean, that would make him quite the hypocrite. But, you know, he was an old white man, which, you know, is kind of peak of hypocrisy. Yeah, exactly. So he probably was. I bet you he was a serial masturbator. Yes, serial was a pun. Serial masturbator. Is that when you jack off into a bowl of corn pops? And then eat them. Nice and milky. Ugh. Yeah, serial masturbation. Ah! God damn it. Yummy. This might be. Don't know why I'm telling you this. This is worse than the Nazis. It's worse than the Nazis? No. It's not. It's pretty bad, but it's not worse. Yeah. Nothing's worse than the Nazis. No, that episode was dark times, and I'm pushing that out of my brain. Why do you think we're doing this? Yeah, so we went from um, that to serial masturbation. So Now we're back on track. Kellogg was a skilled surgeon who often donated his services to um, patients at his clinic. Although uh, he was generally against unnecessary surgery to treat diseases, in his plain facts for old and young, he advocated circumcision as a remedy for, quote, local uncleanliness, unquote, which he thought could lead to unchastity. 
and in uh in small boys. So he thought that the grosser their penis was, the more they'd want to use it. Well, they'd have to wash it, so then they'd be touching it. So he wanted to cut all the skin off of the f- top of it, so that we, you, they don't have to clean it. Yep. Yep. So he was against unnecessary surgeries, and yet <laughs> wanted to cut off dick skin. It kept peepees cleaner, so they didn't have to touch them. It was necessary. Ryan, you know what? Even guys who are circumcised should still wash their dicks. Always, always wash it. Spend extra time washing it. I know all you guys already do. Yeah, I don't care how much skin you do or don't have down there. It needs cleaned. I feel like modern men spend at least 30% of their shower time washing their junk, so there's not an issue anymore. I sure as fuck hope so. Guys, touch yourselves Um, in the shower. Fucking please. Also, and men, cover your ears. This is not good. Um, For boys, he suggested threading silver wire through the foreskin to prevent erections and cause irritation. What? What? (laughs) Yep. What a fucking sadist. What? And now, ladies, cover your ears. For girls, he advocated and sometimes employed an application of carbolic acid to the clitoris to burn it and discourage touching. Female genital mutilation. Are you telling me the He was putting acid on pussy? You're telling me the father of Kellogg's cereal- was into female genital mutilation? Fuck this guy! I don't know if it was a mutilation to him as much as it was a mild irritant to keep. But you just said that he burned it. clitorises with acid. I'm pretty sure yeah. I said that wrong. Kellogg believed that most disease is alleviated by a change in intestinal flora. That bacteria in the intestines can either help or hinder the body. Hmm. Pathogenic bacteria produce toxins during the digestion of protein that poisons the blood. And that a poor diet favors harmful bacteria that can infect other tissues in the body. He also believed that intestinal flora is changed by diet and is generally changed for the better by a well-balanced vegetarian diet favoring low-protein, laxative, and high-fiber foods. And that this natural change in flora could be fed by enemas seeded with favorable bacteria or by various regimens of specific foods designed to heal specific ailments. <laughs> I mean, it's not totally unreasonable. I mean, I get that. It's not unreasonable because uh, eating red meat does make your poop smell worse. What? Oh. Yeah. Oh, that explains a lot. It's animal, like, that's decomposing. And, like, vegetables also smell when they decompose, but less so. Hmm. Uh, which is why, like, a steak and potatoes poop is going to be far smellier than, like, a quinoa poop. I don't know. I've gone to the bathroom next to some like vegans, and you can like smell the vegan coming off of them. You know what I mean? That's patchouli. Right? No, it comes out in their poop, and it just is weird. Why? Even their poop smells like patchouli. Yeah. So I mean, he's not wrong. Like he's not entirely wrong. Like you still have to eat protein, and you're gonna have weird poops. We talked about this in the poop episode. Yeah, I know, I know, but still. Uh, high fiber, good, but you need protein to like exist as a healthy yeah. human being. Just need the protein. But he didn't believe that protein was helping. He wanted high fiber laxative because uh, he loved bowels. I believe that there was a colleague who said that his first love would was bowels. Oh well, whatever you're gonna. I don't know. There's got to be a quote in there, but I can't think of it because I'm too busy thinking about bowels. Wow. Poop. He worked at a sanitarium um, in 
uh fuck where was it battle creek michigan mm, okay which is where the kellogg headquarters is just that makes sense so uh so people would come and stay there and he they would follow his regiment it was basically like going to like weight watchers camp except at a sanitarium oprah wasn't there yeah so they would like have daily exercise and they had like steam baths and um okay so not bad i'm gonna read this next paragraph and then i'm gonna tell you about the movie that i tried to watch for this episode uh, so Kellogg made sure that the bowel of each and every patient was plied with water from above and below. His favorite device was an enema machine that could rapidly instill several gallons of water in a series of enemas. Oh my god, that sounds terrible. It's like pooping in reverse. Every water enema was followed by a pint of yogurt. Half was eaten, the other half was administered by enema. They were literally shooting yogurt up of unwell mental patients no the the mental patients didn't go there it was a sanatorium but it was a different kind like it meant sanitation oh the santa was a sanitation gotcha um it wasn't it wasn't for mental patients it was for rich white people well that's somewhat comforting yeah so they were eating half a pint of yogurt and the other half was going up the butt which i mean once you get to the strawberries at the bottom uh was it like greek yogurt or like the thick and creamy some of that whipped moose shit i assume it was like an old-timey kind of greek-like yogurt so he it was administered by anima thus planting the protective germs so they were most needed and may render the most effective service the yogurt served to replace the intestinal flora of the bowel creating what kellogg claimed was a squeaky clean intestine well i mean i suppose thing is that he's not completely wrong like we still eat activia today yeah i mean he was right but i don't want him to be right because he's a fucking fuck no no, no. we shouldn't be shooting you know activia up no. our asses but like i take a probiotic every day and i think i feel better for i mean it. i don't but i you know i get the the draw it's a thing. They've proven that the whole like gut flora thing is super important. Like you can get poop transplants. It's yeah, real. we've talked about poop transplants before. Yeah, we have. We have. Yes, we have. That. Um, are you ready for his patient? List? Yes, he had a lot yes. of patients. Give it to me. Uh, William Howard Taft. What? <laughs> he shot yogurt up Taft's ass. <laughs> My other band name, yogurt up Taft's ass. Amelia Air. <laughs> Taps the way he uh, likes it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Amelia Earhart. Oh, no. Baby. Sweet baby. Oh. Nobel Prize winning playwright George Bernard Shaw. <laughs> Henry Ford, the founder of the Ford Motor Company. Oh, my God. Inventor Thomas Edison. Good. He deserved yogurt. Shut up his ass. African-American activist Sojourner Truth. What? And actress Sarah Bernhardt. Oh my god. What? How? Oh, and Richard and Richard Halliburton too, the traveler. I don't know who Richard Halliburton is. He's an explorer. Ah. Uh, like that guy in Jumanji that's chasing after Robin Williams. Uh, oh. That's oh, what I imagine. gotcha. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's the kind of adventure I imagine. Or like uh uh Sean Connery in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Okay. Yeah. All right. Still Shouldn't be getting yogurt up his that's, ass. I don't care. That's how, the one that sticks. I don't care how adventurous you are. You shouldn't be shooting yogurt up your asshole. Well, every time someone brings up Amelia Earhart, just mention that she uh, got gallons and gallons of water shoved up her butt by uh, the founder of Kellogg's. 
good. That makes me really sad because she's like sweet baby feminist icon and she let that disgusting, horrible human being touch her. Well, I mean, if you think about it this way, a lot of like really great people today do crystal healing and stuff. It's not that far off. It's oh, I just guess. Kellogg personally was not pumping water up these butts. He had nurses. Fine. Fine. Still fucking ugh. Um, early in his tenure at the sanitarium, Kellogg created a, quote, health treat for the patients that consisted of oatmeal, cornmeal, uh, oatmeal and cornmeal baked into biscuits and then ground into tiny pieces. He called it granula. No. Uh, so you can see where that was a problem. That because um, Jackson had already trademarked it or registered yeah, it. Yeah, it was taken. Yeah, Patented it was it. taken. Patented it. Uh, it's cool, though, because he changed the name to Granola. Oh, my lord. I My mind is so blown right now. Go for some granola. Oh, never again. Uh, Not knowing that it was founded by these trash wipes. I don't even know what a trash wipe is. The idea for cornflakes. Oh began by accident when Kellogg and his younger brother Will Keith Kellogg good old Will Keith Will- <laughs> name is Will Keith it, that's what his Wikipedia said it wasn't William Keith it was just Will Keith Will Keith I don't know Will Keith Kellogg uh, uh, it sounds so stupid Will Keith they left some cooked wheat to sit while they attended to some pressing matters at the sanitarium uh, when they returned, they found that the wheat had gone stale, but being on a strict budget, they decided to continue to process it by forcing it through rollers, hoping to obtain long sheets of the dough. To their surprise, what they found instead were flakes, which, which they toasted and served to the patients. <sighs> but they were delicious. So, the movie I watched. Yeah, talk, talk, why? What? The movie I watched uh, was titled The Road to Wellville. It is a 1994 film starring Anthony Hopkins, Matthew Broderick, Bridget Fonda, and John Cusack. And Dana Carvey. That's a star-studded cast. It was awful. I only made it 45 minutes into the movie. (sighs) Um, It's a comedy. And um, Anthony Hopkins plays Kellogg. (laughs) And he has this tiny little mouth and this big mustache and these two, like, giant buck teeth. Hmm. And um, I mean, if you're interested, you should watch it, but it, it shows a slightly exaggerated version of what he was doing in his sanitarium, mm. uh, including all the enemas. I think it focused mainly on how much he loved food. Um, <laughs> he encouraged people to wear diapers when they were exercising, so if they felt that they needed to shit, they should just shit whenever. No, I think not. Yeah, he was all about unregulated shitting, just whenever you needed to. I vote let's not make that a thing, because uh, that sounds really smelly. Yeah, so uh, Road to Wellville, 1994. Uh, John Cusack plays like a rival cornflake manufacturer. I didn't make it far enough to figure out how it ended, but yeah, it's a fucking thing. Oh my lord. There's also an episode of Drunk um, about Kellogg and how cornflakes huh. were created, so... That might be a little less. This is the second episode in a row we've mentioned an episode of Drunk, drunk History. Hey, we're going to have to start, you know, calling them up and saying, hey, why are you stealing all of our episode ideas? Uh, well, this one came out in 2014, but the um, the Jack Parsons one came out like last week. So Yeah, they copied that shit straight from us. I guarantee Definitely. it. Darren Killam like, heard our episode and he was like, let's do it. 
and then they went yeah. back in time and recorded the episode yeah exactly um so uh john yeah his name is john john kellogg partnered with his brother will keith um <laughs> who was the sanitarian's bookkeeper to make and sell cornflakes to the public will had less interest in the dietary uh, purity and had more business sense than his dumbass brother um and he was worried that the products wouldn't sell uh, unless they added some sugar to make them less disgusting. But John was not having it. Of course not. So Will eventually started selling the cereals through his own business, which became the Kellogg Company. Uh, the brothers continued to feud for decades. Um, and at one point, John wrote a letter seeking to patch his relationship with his brother up. But his secretary decided that her employer was demeaning himself and refused to send it. Uh, Will Keith did not see this letter until after John had died. Ah. Uh. <laughs> so that bitch. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's good. Um, a patient, a patient of John Kellogg's, uh, one C.W. Post, would eventually start his own dry cereal company, Post Cereals, that sold a rival bland brand of cornflakes. Yeah, uh, Doctor Kellogg late. Dr. Kellogg later claimed that Charles Post stole the formula for cornflakes from his safe in his office. Are we talking about, like, post-General Mills? Like, this post? Yep. Oh my god, it all stemmed from (laughs) douchebaggery! What? All cold cereal exists because some old dude didn't want you to touch yourself. I can never eat cereal again just on fucking principle. It doesn't say anything about Captain Crunch, so I think I'm good. Yeah, once we get into, like, corn stuff, I think maybe we gotta be safe, right? <laughs> like, the um, corn puffs? Like, puffed cereal? That's gotta be okay. Corn in his um, gra- granola recipe. I know, but it wasn't, like, puffed corn. It wasn't, like, you know... Not yet, but we didn't have the technology. I don't actually have a full history of puffed corn cereals, but I have to assume that it started at Post or General Mills. I, I would post. assume. Yeah. Ugh. You know what? I want to start a new internet trend where people masturbate into bowls of cereal as like a fuck you to Kellogg. That already exists and we all know it. It's got already exists, but it needs to, we need to, this needs to be like a viral thing. Like the next ice bucket challenge, the next cereal masturbation, you know? I don't want to see this. (laughs) I mean, I don't either, but I feel like General Mills and kellogg need to well i mean if you remember kellogg uh will will keith kellogg um basically just was like fuck it and started putting sugar and stuff so it tasted good oh so, that's good will keith will, is a homie william wasn't william and uh post weren't exactly into it as much as yeah um, but it all john stemmed from the same john fuckery it's kind of like how everything in this country comes down to someone was racist once yeah um so as an end note uh kellogg invented a method for making peanut butter developed one of the first forms of soy milk developed many kinds of imitation meats made from nuts grains and soy um he also sold yogurt soy flour and soy bread there's so much i can't eat so that's the story of how battle creek became the hub of breakfast cereals and how captain crunch eats it when you touch yourself Uh... oh man you know, they make it really hard, because why else did they make Tony the Tiger so buff and kind of hot? Do you know? Oh my god. I'm not even gonna touch that. Um, 
you do know that the mascot on the cornflakes box is a chicken, right? Yeah. A rooster. Oh, it's a cock. It's a cock. Oh, man, they're just teasing now. Also, also frosted flakes. This is like if if the Kellogg guy, if John Kellogg could see this, he would think it was porn. This would be his version of porn. This is the worst thing you could do oh, is putting sure. a cock on the front of the for box. Sure. Oh, can you imagine if Sylvester Graham could see what we've done to Graham crackers? We literally put chocolate and sugar in the middle of them. <laughs> oh my god, he would shit his pants. And then Kellogg we use would use them as crusts for cheese cakes. <laughs> oh my god, he yeah, he would shit his pants so hard. And have you ever had cornflake crusted like chicken yes, strips? It's amazing. Amazing. Oh man. Well, you know what? I think that these guys are rolling over in their graves right now as they fucking deserve. So I was going to discuss with you. Oh, yeah. Twitter poll. Twitter poll. Because I know we had talked about doing a Jack the Ripper episode, but I was like, well, we should see yes. what the people want. Um, so I polled our Twitter followers to see if they would like to hear me do an episode on H.H. Uh, H. Holmes, Jack the Ripper, or Albert Fish. Albert Fish is my personal favorite. Uh, well, the votes were split entirely between H.H. H. Holmes and Albert Fish. So no one cares about Jack the Ripper. No, and I was very disappointed. Um, but I think he's been hella done, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and the, I guess the upside to this is that, hold on, I'm pulling up Twitter so I can get the actual percentages on this. Um, the winner is not who I expected it to be, but I'm relieved it is because it means I don't have to do a thing that I didn't want to do. It was H.H. Uh, H. Holmes, that one, right? The, the winner was H.H. H. Holmes with 57%, second place Albert Fish with 43 and Jack the Ripper with zero. Um, oh so God. I will be doing an episode on H.H. H. Holmes at some point, and I don't have to read the Grace Bud letter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I've read it. It's awful. It's gross. No, I, I've read it. I've heard it. Um, yeah. I didn't want to have to do it again. Yeah. So that's where the votes came out. Uh, H.H. Holmes is going to be our man. Okay, so um, anyway, if you wanted to vote in the Twitter poll, but you didn't know where the Twitter poll was, we are on Twitter at Afternoonified. We're on uh, Instagram at Afternoonified. Facebook.com slash Afternoonified. We have a website. That is... (laughs) Are you going to get it right www.getafternoonified.com that's our website. Yes. Yay. Um, you can listen to past episodes. Give us all of your money. Um, uh, you can look at our pretty faces. Send us emails. I'm looking into some merch options. Yeah, we're looking into that. That might be coming up soon, which would be great. Actually, if there's a, if there's a quote that you really like from us. Submit like, it. Tweet it at me or, or email it to me because... Otherwise, you're getting teleportation butt magic yeah. shirts. So if you guys have a fave, let us know. Um, if you're listening to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever. Wherever you're listening to it, make sure to subscribe, rate, uh, leave us a review. I love reviews. Mm-hmm. Even though when you guys leave us bad um, ones, we make fun of you afterwards. But for sure make fun of the bad yeah, reviews. That's all right, though. You know? Um. Anyway... Was there anything else we needed to cover? I feel like there was something else we had to say. Oh, yeah. Um, we have an oh, ad. Oh, we probably should put an ad in here, yeah. Um, I have one written out, and then I didn't send you the copy of it, so I will do okay, the do ad. Okay, do 
this episode was brought to you by BarkBox. Bark, bark. Um, if you go to get BarkBox, <laughs> getbarkbox.com slash afternoonified, um, and you sign up for a six-month or 12-month subscription, you can get one month for free. Um, that means one month of treats and toys for your little fuzzy buddy. Uh, that's getbarkbox.com slash afternoonified. Um, my sister has a subscription for her two golden retrievers, and they get some of the cutest Aww. shit. Uh, so, yeah, if you sign up, they will send you a selection of four to six toys and treats every month with options based on the size of your dog, how many of them you have. You can also sign up for a one-month subscription, but our link doesn't really do anything for that. Uh, so, free month when you sign up for a six- or 12-month subscription at getbarkbox.com slash afternoonified. I pre-planned that ad for a change, and it didn't end in us looking up Mind Comp on the iTunes store. Which is store. good. I count that as a win. All, All right. right, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey. You sound like an idiot when you do that. Um. Oh, you sound really <laughs> smart now. <laughs> Hi, I'm Adam Posse. I'm Alex Rios. And we want you to listen to our new podcast called Chumba and Wamba. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I hate the name still. Uh, in spite of the fact that it's the dumbest name podcast in the world and it's not all at all about the 90s band yet. it's it's me and Rios two Portland comedians two very close friends uh, giving each other shit mostly talking about the week that we've had and maybe the week to come and just whatever we feel like and it's a good time we hope you check it out now please get back we'll be on the River City Podcast Federation.com network Get back to whichever one of those podcasts from that fantastic network you are listening to. Hopefully it's not Room of Retirement because Caitlin Weyerhaeuser is a poop butt. Thank you. <laughs>